0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Knights of the Lepus and Food of the Gods. Giant Rabbits and Giant Bugs. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
1: You guys know how the Celsius scale works, right? Nah, I have no idea. Zero is where water freezes, 100 is where water boils. Everything is based around that concept. Yeah. Yeah. They're logical and rational.
2: too too arbitrary thing. Not
1: not when you're trying to find a measure of temperature.
3: Hmm. So someone just posted this thing from Twitter that said remember when Dan Quell misspelled potato and everybody was like yeah that's a good enough reason for him not to be president. (laughs) We should all be like that again.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. It's just It's a bit of a different world now.
3: Uh, Good
1: times.
3: (laughs) Seen the new Rambo trailer?
1: Yeah. Am I I the only one in the world excited for this movie?
3: I I mean, I'm worried, but the trailer actually looks a lot better than
2: I thought it was going to. It looks an awful lot like not Rambo.
1: Why is it not Rambo? It seems to be it's Sylvester Stallone. With a giant knife, killing a whole bunch of people, I'm sure they'll edit in a reason to the first 15 minutes it, of
2: the movie. It looks like one of those things where somebody said, "Hey, we've got this movie about a cowboy guy who fights off and kills a bunch of people, and oh, we got Sylvester Stallone to to star in it. You know what we should do? We should just slap the Rambo name on it so it'll sell more tickets."
0: Except
3: yes, that's true
2: literally living in the farmhouse that he was walking
1: up to at the end of the last movie that doesn't seem like a coincidence to me
2: i'm just saying it just doesn't it's not very rambo-y to be i don't know
1: again the last movie ended with him moving into this farmhouse this movie starts with him living there every movie is about him trying to live a normal life and then getting sucked into some violent situation so i'm sure this
2: one will also be there Really? uh, I I thought they were all him living in some weird fucking situation, and then he gets drug out.
1: Well, I was going
3: to say, Sebastian Stallone has a uh, co-writing credit on the script.
1: He has a co-writing credit on every script that comes out of Hollywood, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It's just a default.
3: Well, I know he's usually very involved with the writing of the Rambo and the Rocky movies, so... yeah. Uh, And this is better than the last idea I heard, which was Rambo hunting some genetically modified like werewolf type creature, which I would not have wanted.
1: I I don't want him fighting supernatural
3: things. I mean, don't get me wrong; I would watch that movie. I would not want it to be called Rambo.
1: Yeah. No, this seems like he's going to fight like (laughs) a Mexican cartel.
2: They put uh, Sylvester Stallone in it, and his his name's like. Jean Slambo. Yeah, I'd be fine with that.
1: If they started doing Rambo parodies, but they actually got Sylvester Stallone to be in them, I'd be all about that.
2: I'm not talking about parodies. I'm talking more like Elseworld stories. <laughs> and they should just fucking start doing that with everything.
3: That'd be fine. Is would it be like that time that Bruce Willis showed up as John McClane in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One? Maybe when they when they blow up the trailer and then he crawls out of the rubble and it turns out they got the wrong address and blew up John McClane's trailer by accident. I
1: forgot that that happened. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yeah.
3: And I mean, I'm assuming he's John McClane. He's wearing the tank top, and
1: yeah, you know. it's implied. Yeah, they probably didn't have the rights to the name. No. But-
2: elseworlds rocky movie where he has to box a bear
3: how about elseworlds movie where rocky has to box rambo let's do it
2: that sounds sounds (laughs) like a really really expensive movie to make starring (laughs) semester stallone (laughs) It's
1: that movie would be starring Sylvester Stallone and Sylvester Stallone. It would definitely be written by Sylvester Stallone. There's like no way he's going to be in the movie twice and not get a writing credit. And he might direct it.
0: It's
3: hard to tell. On. I mean, tell me we wouldn't be excited and we wouldn't go see it. I mean, I would, I would go see it. We would we would cancel the podcast for the Thursday it was coming out.
2: <laughs> so we could all yeah, go yeah. opening night.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to deal with the crowds on a Friday night. So.
3: Exactly.
2: They could they could make a movie called The Replaceables instead of The Expendables, but have all the same actors and just have them actually playing their characters from the other movies.
3: <laughs> See, my old friend Randy brought up an idea of doing a movie like The Expendables, but it's just the the D-list brothers of people like that, so it'd be like Frank Stallone and uh, or like Patrick Swayze's brother or whatever who was in something.
1: It seems like a good idea to me. It seems, <laughs> like, it seems like the Asylum's about to steal your idea again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the um, Asylum wouldn't get actors
1: that good. I watched mm-hmm. a, like I watched an interesting like like Vice News did a little thing on the Asylum and on Mockbusters in general and they just is literally interviewing with the CEO and he's like oh yeah we make movies that are just like the big Hollywood movies except shitty that was his description of his own product he's like like, yeah he's like pretty much if the movie does well then our movie will do alright because people will be like yeah I want to see a shitty version of what's in theaters it was hilarious to listen to him refer to his own product that way
3: See, he should have been, he should have been 100% truthful, which was our business model is, uh, and this is back when physical media was, was more of a, more of a uh, driving force, but it's like our business model is we want to make the movie that your grandma will be confused by at the store and buy for you when she thought she was picking up Transformers, but you get a copy of Transmorphers. That's what we're ba- that's what we're banking on for our entire business model. Mm. So yeah, I, got right. you, I got you. I got That robot movie you like? Come <laughs> on, this is Transmorphers. Transformers isn't even out yet. This is a this is a Gobot. <laughs> I don't want Gobots <laughs> Or fucking Gobots. Which I believe Hasbro bought them, so now Gobots and Transformers exist in the same toy universe.
1: I really i really wish they would that somebody would have sold the go bots movie rights to the asylum that would have been like the first asylum <laughs> i watched on purpose <laughs> that, would have been like, that would have been the best thing ever if they can the movie.
2: Ne- national lampoons go bots <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, eugene levy shows up in it for whatever reason
1: i don't know i oh, see all of a sudden eugene levy shows up in it i'm like you just went from parody to great
2: movie <laughs> I feel like you'd really miss out because uh, the Optimus Prime Mass character could have been voiced by Leslie Nielsen back in the day oh. Oh, that's too bad
3: uh, but it's still Leslie Nielsen doing his Leslie Nielsen shtick so right right yeah. <laughs> completely straight nobody knows <laughs> oh man see we're coming up with a good go-bots movie <laughs> and the world is going to be sad they're missing out. It's not going to be a part yeah. of their life.
1: Yeah, The world is going to be so upset. All 12 of our <laughs> listeners, let's see. If we have 12 listeners and an average of one out of every 8.2 million people actually knows what GoBots are, <laughs> and then about half of them give a shit. <laughs> so what are the odds that someone listening actually wants to watch a GoBots
2: movie? <laughs> I, uh... That's listening to this podcast? That's one a solid point one in <laughs> one point five.
3: Do <laughs> uh, you think that little the was it the robot that turns into the motorcycle? Would he be like a moped now or something?
2: It's just a Cespa.
1: <laughs> Why is that? So that'd be more energy efficient.
2: <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would be a Cespa, and I feel like it would have a really offensive Italian accent. I mean, it would just sound like Mario.
3: It's-a me, Gobot. It's-a me.
2: Everybody's name is just Gobot, because
3: nobody can remember the name of any of the characters.
2: Except for Gyro-Robo. Everyone remembers Gyro-Robo. I, I the
1: no... There's, I remember when I was literally when I was a kid, I had one toy that I thought was a because It was a shitty version of a Transformer, but I actually stumbled across like an old Transformers commercial at the other day. Turns out that toy, I remember, it wasn't actual Transformer. It was just one designed for littler kids. <laughs> so now I don't think I ever owned a Gobot. Uh, Gobots.
3: There was a Gobot movie, wasn't there?
1: I don't know. We're looking that up I home. do not record. I hope I hope not because I have a bad feeling on the list. By the time we record next week's show,
3: <laughs> <sighs> GoBots the movie. Um, well, I'm not seeing a movie for GoBots. There was a Robotech movie, apparently. What if I put the hyphen in?
1: <laughs> You're going to find out it was like only released direct to VHS, available only at Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: let's see. I found something. It says GoBots, but it says 2003. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. 2003 CGI is about the quality you would expect for a GoBots movie.
3: Uh... Oh, it was an update of the 80s cartoon GoBots. Uh, I right. even, what? I don't even know what this is. Because literally, there is no, there is no uh, synopsis. The only thing I'm getting okay. is from a review that was left that was 5 out of 10 stars.
1: Oh, that's not helpful at all.
3: Uh, was it live action? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this is.
1: I, I think maybe you should save this for later and
3: you can update it No. <laughs> this needs to be figured out
1: now. <laughs> I just love the part where you're like, I don't know what this is. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like a kid opening a GoPod. <laughs> uh
3: Uh, Oh, here we go. There was a movie. I knew it. 1986. Gobots Battle of the Rock Lords.
1: Now, is that Rock Lords as in actual rocks or as in
2: Gobots that play musical instruments?
3: Uh, I believe the uh, robots who turn into giant rocks.
2: Okay. What that sounds like is a really, really shitty uh, metal album. That your friend who's super into metal really wants you to listen to.
3: <laughs> but check out the top three cast members. Roddy McDowell. What? Telly Savalas. <laughs> and Margot Kidder. Alright, put it on the list. <laughs> she had super she had Superman money at this time. She didn't need this bullshit.
1: None of those people needed this at this time. Peter Cullen is in this too?
3: Oh, that's like that's like Hulk Hogan going to WCW. That's not that's not fair at all. All right, interesting. Well, there y'all learned something.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you know that exists.
3: All right, well we should probably talk about what we're here to talk about. Um. Uh, so Doug, you pick these movies. Right. Giant animals versus miniature buildings.
1: Yeah, secondary theme. Giant <laughs> animals versus football players, apparently. Did, did, <laughs> didn't know that both movies would have a football player as the hero just because it was the 70s. And there you <laughs> go.
3: <laughs> um, which one do you want to review first? I don't know. Whatever. God damn it, Doug. I'm trying to give you the option. Why don't you tell us about Night of the Leapers?
1: Alright uh, The Lepus is, uh, It opens up with a Very realistic looking news report That is designed to convince The audience that bunnies Can actually be threatening Because they I think they realized probably after they made the movie That nobody's going to find bunnies threatening So then they're like uh, Tag on this thing at the beginning Where we tell them about how that time bunnies ate all the grass In Australia cause Then people will be scared of them <laughs> um, and then uh, we get to there's like a bunny infestation in where was this New Mexico or something some weird southern state like that. Yeah. Um, and this rancher who is a, a former college football player who still has a lot of pull over at the local university. He uh, he goes to, he goes to find his uh, his former friend I guess or whatever that's now the president of the university and you know, can you get some researchers out here to help me out? And uh, the researchers, uh, because it's the 70s, and re- we have, we've discussed this before, researchers was a, that was a family job back in the
3: day. It was,
1: <laughs> it was always the husband was the head researcher, the wife was the assistant, and the kid just hung out in the lab all the time with him, because fuck getting a babysitter. <laughs> um, so anyways, they're, they capture some of the rabbits, they're here trying to figure out how to, mess with their hormones, which will cut off their breeding so that they can get rid of the rabbits without doing damage to the ecosystem. Uh, Unfortunately, one of the rabbits that's been injected with experimental stuff is uh, released by the daughter through, like, it's a real little bit complicated series of events, but at the end of the day the kid lets a bunny out of a cage is all that really happens. Basically, and, uh, basically,
2: if you're doing important science, why the fuck is there a child in the lab? In the seventies, no all research was done by Bad family. Science. Bad
1: science. Yeah, we have gone over this in the past. I believe if you recall in, in gargoyles, the guy was heading into a cave to research monsters and he brought his whole family with him. <laughs> So, I mean, if you're searching for bunnies, uh, then at that point, you got to figure bringing the kids not that big a deal. Uh, Anyways, yeah, so the bunny grows giant and somehow spreads the. It's kind of unexplained how the rabbit spreads to the other rabbits, the growth
2: hormones. I think that they don't understand the breeding cycle of rabbits. Like, it is fairly fast. But, but no, they don't literally, like, fuck another rabbit, have children, and those children grow to maturity in 24 hours.
1: No, yeah, it's it seems like the implication from the movie is that that rabbit went back to its rabbit home, started fucking all the other rabbits, and spread the hormones to them. Anyways, so at that point, we now have giant fucking rabbits running ravage in the town. Um, they take out the one... Ranch. Then they attack a corner store, and then they uh, have to use everything from flamethrowers to electrified train tracks to stop them. <laughs> and for some reason, Janet Lee is in this movie, and DeForest Kelly's in this movie. And you're like, "What? What is uh, going on? Why are there real people in this
2: movie?" So a fucking bone, son. In, in the trivia,
3: it was said that Janet Lee agreed to do this movie because they were filming it close to her house so she would okay. have to like travel to be in this movie and That's then fair. and then immediately forced herself to forget everything about this movie as soon as she got done filming
1: it blew my mind when she showed up like it it really caught me off guard to see her in this movie because you get like like when you like when you start to see like the opening people show up at the beginning and it's like it's, yeah like what's his name i'm looking up the actor's name because i don't know it like, dr mccoy no, no, no. Like, Rory Calhoun's in this movie. And that's a guy, like, that's a face you'll recognize. And of course he's in this movie. Like this, He belongs in this movie. He's in all these cheesy 70s movies. But what the hell is, like, DeForest Kelly doing here with a mustache? Like, did he think, because he grew that mustache that nobody was going to know that was Bones?
2: Don't, you, don't <laughs> you talk shit about his sweet, sweet mustache. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, I, I just don't, I don't get why he's in this movie uh... post-Star Trek. I would not understand if this was, like, an early role.
3: Because that that Star Trek movie money hadn't started rolling in yet.
1: I guess. And then like Janet Lee, like that, that blew my mind. Like I actually like during the opening credits when Janet Lee's name came up, I paused the movie and like went to IMDB to see if it was the real Janet Lee or if there was just another one. <laughs> it's like, no, that's her, all right. They're okay. Um, so yeah. What did, what did you guys think of this movie was this the first time watch for everyone or did we discuss that already
2: no no I've seen this several times
3: okay uh, first time watch for me
2: yeah so let's start with you then Brian what did you, what did you think watching this
3: um the rabbits were kind of cool I guess
1: the effects were pretty well done
3: the problem i i guess the problem I had maybe we should have went in reverse order because I watched the other one first. Okay. And we'll get to it, but I was kind of impressed with a lot of stuff in that movie. Uh, this one, I did not enjoy nearly as much. Okay. So I don't know if maybe it was fatigue, since I watched them back to back. Like, within an hour of the last one ending, and then starting the, this one. Um, but I thought this one was just okay. okay. I keep, despite having...
2: Oscar-nominated quality like
3: Janet Leigh.
2: With, with it being your first time watch, I think you're really suffering from not having either uh, Rhonda Shear or Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> screaming intros <laughs> to this film.
3: That is true. Apparently there is a rip Tracks version.
1: So. Yeah.
3: Maybe I should hunt that down.
1: Well, the thing that blew my mind about this movie, watching it, is how it's like a real movie. And it starts with having real actors in it, but then it has like decent special effects. It's pretty well made, and it's like it very much follows like the formula of a movie like Tarantula or any of those other like 50s giant insect movies, except fucking bunnies. Like, why, yeah. <laughs> why would you take the cutest, like the objectively the cutest animal on the planet? You're like, let's take that one and see if we can make people scared of that. Like, I don't know what they were thinking.
2: Yeah, I just. Guess- I was going to say, the interesting thing is if somebody describes this movie to you, it sounds like something that was made tongue in cheek, that it was like made to be a parody of giant animal movies. Yeah. And it most certainly is not. No,
1: well, it's, you have to, they have to have known that. Nobody's going to really be scared of this movie, right? So, like, were they going for, like, a really early version of, like, the child's play thing where you have a ridiculous concept, but you play it straight and try to have have the humor come just from the idea of the movie while still making the movie be intimidating? Is that what they were trying to do?
2: I, I honestly, I don't think it was supposed to be humorous. I think they actually thought, oh, we're going to make rabbits scary and it's really going to mess people up. And instead, it's like, dude, quit. Put slathering drool on a rabbit's face—that's—it makes it look like it's diseased, and I feel bad for it.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, it's it it's just one of those things. I don't know how you could like. oh and the, yeah, the other issue is like rabbits are herbivores, so why would they be attacking people? Like what? what it, it's not really explained why they became like aggressive and started killing people. I understand they'd be a nuisance if there were giant rabbits all of a sudden hopping through your town. You run out to carrots real quick and stuff, but I don't understand how you'd be scared of
3: them. Well, to solve that, they spread ketchup all over their face to make it look like they were.
1: Some of the, that one shooting where, stuff. when the guy is like trapped in his like in like the camper or whatever it is, and there's like a rabbit on top of him, like early on. Um, the first time they go to the caves to like blow him up and try to trap all the rabbits, like that is mm-hmm. legitimately horrifying. Looking that rabbit with all the blood on its face and stuff. And it's just like, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing there. It's still a bunny, though. Like, if there's a bunny in my backyard, I, like, call my kid over and we all look out the window for ten minutes and watch it hop around. Like, I don't know how I would ever get scared of that.
3: (laughs) You ever picked one up and had one bite you?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not great, but... (laughs) I mean, they're basically adorable rats. We can all admit that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But you can get like if you have a pet rabbit and then you let it live with you
2: for a while, it, it, they can be very domesticated. So can rats. Hey. Mm-hmm. We'll oh. get there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, calm down. Rats is the next movie. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying. I know people all like they love rabbits so much and they think they're so fluffy and adorable. They're a fucking rodent. <laughs> They're they're just a fucking rodent. All rodents are rodents. But they got floppy ears. I don't give a fuck. It's still a rodent. Yeah. I, mean. but I don't know. That,
1: like, I think there is a difference because like I've literally known friends who have had like pet rabbits that you can like open the door and the rabbit will go outside and then it'll come back to the door when it wants in and stuff. I don't think you can do that with a rat.
2: I Sure, you can.
1: Can you? Yeah.
2: Rats are, rats are actually super smart. You can like train them to do tricks and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's scary.
1: <laughs> I don't want rats to be smart.
2: And they they literally cry blood when they're stressed out. That's cool.
3: Uh all right, so rabbits.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh I, I, I would say that I have besides the complaint of rabbits aren't scary. I don't give a I don't give a fuck what they do with these rabbits, and they could they could trimmers these rabbits up and make them fly, and snakes come out of their mouth, and I'd still be like, yeah, it's still a rabbit. But the uh, in it's more of a product of the time. The 1970s paint blood, mm-hmm. not good. I don't know if I have that much
1: problem with it. I mean it it's not great, but it's certainly no worse than anything else that was going on
2: in the time. Right. Frame. Like I said, product product of the time it's better than the weird orange like pumpkin blood that was in a lot of movies but yeah Uh, like this
1: is the good kind of 70s blood
2: I I think the thing I like the most about this movie is (laughs) the squib effects of them shooting rabbits because despite the fact that these rabbits are the size of wolves every time one gets shot with a shotgun it flips through the fucking air like it was hit with a cannonball
1: (laughs) yeah We'll see more of that in the next movie, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... um, I don't know. I I have to say, like, I was really impressed with Night of the Leap is because it was, I thought, very well made. I just... If you remove the fact that rabbits can never be scary, I would think this would be a very good movie. Along the par of all the giant insect movies of the 50s. Like, the good ones.
2: Right. I mean, you could literally pick any other animal with the exception maybe of a duck and it would be scarier yeah rabbits are quite possibly the least scary animal
1: yeah I I, I just I, it it really kind of blows my mind that like, I've never heard of anyone being scared of rabbits has anybody ever heard of that
3: only on Buffy
1: right she wasn't human so she doesn't count that's true
3: Um, What about koalas? Would people be terrified of koalas?
2: Dude, have you ever seen a video of an angry koala? They're fucking horrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Koalas are cute from a distance. You can just just
1: get a koala wet and they already get scary looking.
2: Oh my god, the claws and teeth on them. You'd never expect that they look so cute. Mm. Yeah, I...
1: I mean, it's so it's such so weird trying to discuss this movie because I'm like, I mean, the plot is like, say, it's pretty basic. It's a very '50s type plot, which is kind of weird that they made this movie in the '70s. Um, And then the filmmaking, I think, is excellent. It's just then they used all those skills to make a giant rabbit movie.
3: So it does seem a little weird that it's just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna put a bunch of time and effort into this movie about giant rabbits taking over a small area. Yeah. It seems like they could have been better spent making some other movie.
1: Like the, the there's the scene where at the like the corner store or whatever, where that one woman is like by herself and that rabbit comes flying through the window at her. <laughs> That's like a legitimately terrifying thing if you could just have it be any other animal. It would have been like a legitimately good scare for the movie. It was really well done, but then but then it was a giant rabbit. Because <laughs> even, like, they use really good miniatures, I found. Like, so the rabbits, like, they made the rabbits actually look giant. I thought that worked really well. And they used, like, they did that thing where they have, like, I think they use, like, a mirror or something so that they can merge the two cells that they used to do back in the 70s when they were trying to make special effects they didn't have computers yet and it's like they do it quite effectively in this movie um i think mainly that's because rabbits like as opposed to insects that would start climbing on the mirror a lot when they made those movies back then rabbits actually look real so they were able to create good effects i i just then they're giant rabbits (laughs) i feel like i'm saying that a lot
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, it literally is like the movie. It's like, what is this
2: movie? Giant rabbits?
3: Yeah, but what's it about giant rabbits? That's all you need to know.
1: Yeah.
2: They they kill them like Godzilla at the end.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, at the end when they are like that one rabbit gets lit on fire by a flamethrower, and I'm like, oh, well, that's at that point, I'm like, now I'm on the rabbit's side. I'm like, don't do that to rabbits. <laughs> Just because they're giant doesn't mean they're not cute
2: anymore. I kinda. I love at the end of the movie where the guys have like the megaphones and shit and they're like, the giant rabbits are coming. Everyone get in your cars and get behind the line of military personnel. We are going to be assaulted by giant rabbits. And everybody's like, all right, we'll get back to yeah. He's
1: okay. got it. He's got a megaphone.
3: Especially when he pulls up to the drive-in and starts announcing this. Yeah. <laughs> if he would have came to the drive-in of the well, night too, people would just would have been honking and be like, "You're gay, get out of here." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did. Uh, I don't think at the drive-in that he said giant rabbits. I think at the drive-in he's like, "We have a military emergency. Everybody needs to follow." I'm, because I remember thinking about that. Like, is everybody
2: going to actually take him seriously? I was going to say, not a single person in this entire movie. Whenever they're like giant rabbits, they're like rabbits. Are you- are you fucking kidding? Just oh, it's not the rabbits dude
1: and, and nobody questions it at all either. It's like we get like the the series of kills that happens where we're like nobody knows like the audience knows it's giant rabbits, but none of the characters do and then like when they so the rancher and the uh the the researchers and the head of the university they all find out the giant rabbits they actually see them, but when they go to tell the sheriff they're like, Sheriff, we have something to tell you and you're not going to believe this. And he's like, giant rabbits? And they're like, yep. He's like, I know, I know. And everybody just runs with it. And then they're like, call the National Guard, tell them we've got giant rabbits in our hands and we need soldiers down here. And they're like, yeah. Everyone just sends the soldiers. Like, nobody seems to question it at all. It's kind of one of those things where you're like, I think if you start making calls to officials saying there's giant rabbits coming, you're going to get a visit from somebody, but I don't think it's going to necessarily be to help you with your giant rabbit problem.
2: (laughs) It was all avoidable. All they had to do was not let the little fucking girl (laughs) in the lab and especially not leave her fucking unsupervised with laboratory test animals. It is funny. Like, when you go into that whole
1: scene, because it's like, she, like, likes the one rabbit because it's cutest to her, which is fine. And then she's like, don't do anything to that rabbit. They're like, we have to. They jab it with the needle and then she switches it for one of the control group rabbits right while her parents are just like over in the other side of the room just talking and you can just see her in the background switching it and you're like oh there's the kickoff for our story happening right there <laughs> it's pretty funny to watch it happen it's
2: always some um, little fucking kid fucking stuff up in a horror, horror movie
1: Oh, you know if we're going to complain about kids though we gotta complain about that fucking the boy at the ranch, whoever's son he was. <laughs> Fuck, I hated that kid, man. It's just That is one of the worst characters I've seen in movies in a long time.
3: Worse than Bob?
1: Maybe. <laughs> oh, That's saying something. He's, he was really like, it was just, it was this terrible acting with terrible lines that served no purpose other than eventually to help release that one rabbit. And it's just like, and then there was that weird scene where he's like, It was after the giant rabbits had come, but nobody knew yet. And he, like, they're all out riding horses around. Like, I don't know why. And then he, like, takes that little girl and he's like, you got to come with me over to this mine shaft. I'm going to show you a gold mine. Don't worry, I checked with your mom. She said it's okay. And I'm like, I think he's like a little 10-year-old rapist at this point. It's like, (laughs) what is he thinking bringing her over there? Like, that is a creepy, weird thing to say. Like, don't worry, I checked with your mom. You don't have to go check with her again. It's fine. Like clearly anybody who says that did not check with your mom. If there's children listening and somebody comes to you and says, go off alone with me. I checked with your mom. And she said, it's okay. That means they didn't check with your mom. <laughs> the real thing people do is say, you check with your mom. I didn't like that kid. I don't trust him.
3: Seems shifty.
1: Yeah. This at least, and technically he's the one that releases the bunny. If that little girl had been able to hang onto that bunny they would have noticed it growing giant and probably been able to do something about that. So he's as much to blame. What a dick. I fucking hated that kid. <laughs> Things like, again, that kid's in this movie with Janet Lee and DeForest Kelly. Like, there are legitimately good actors in this movie, and then they got that kid.
3: How did we feel about their solution to take care of
2: all the rabbits? Do
3: <sighs> you think electrifying the train
2: tracks was the... What's oh, the they bathroom? they godzilled the shit out of them. Yeah, I kind of dug it.
1: I don't. I don't know that there was a, a lot of ways around it. I don't know. Like again, had it been only one giant bunny, that would have been a much better solution. I don't know. the The amount of giant bunnies seem to be somewhat inconsistent. Because you're like, if there's thousands of them, then that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to get them all together and push them into one spot like that. But if there's okay. only Couple dozen, then you could probably pull that off.
3: That's what I was wondering. I'm like, there's so many of these giant rabbits that when the first line hits that those train tracks and falls over, they're just gonna like cluster them all up and they're not gonna be able to move forward. So, yeah, the, ones in the back are just gonna be like, well, fuck this, and start running over people's cars.
1: Yeah, they would have just been angry about the fact that you killed their friends.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and all, those, all those people that pulled their car up to create like a barrier. A uh, giant rabbit runs over their car. Do you think their insurance company covers that? Does the sheriff's office, who told them all to line up, cover that cost? I'm just curious how that plays out after the after the credits roll.
1: I don't know. In 2019, you're definitely suing that sheriff's office for getting you involved in
3: this. <laughs> you're walking away the settlement.
1: But in 1976 uh, or whatever, 72. Uh, I don't know how it would have worked back then.
3: You were just a patriot, I think. Yeah, cost of being an American.
1: But it was also like at a time when like high school kids had part time jobs and then could drive fancy cars, according to TV and movies. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if that's how it actually worked. But so maybe people just didn't care that much. Mm. I don't like. I highly doubt that there's a direct reference to giant bunnies in anybody's auto insurance policy so like on the one hand it doesn't say you are covered but I bet you it doesn't say you're not covered <laughs> no, they didn't write that in
3: I'd like to see that argument they'd be like no this is a, this is an act of God so it doesn't get covered by your insurance and you're like act of God this is fucking science bitch
1: here's the yeah. scientist who fucked that, up that guy did it he admitted to doing it <laughs> it's shitty little kid that let the rabbit out
3: yeah, send her to juvie along with that <laughs> kid from the ranch.
1: Yeah, a kid from the
3: ranch. You didn't,
1: you didn't put him in juvie. I don't want to. That's not fair. That's cruel and unusual punishment to the other criminal children. <laughs> I didn't like that kid. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what else there is to say about this movie. It, it literally like this. My whole life I've known there's this movie about giant rabbits, and I've seen the clips, and I'm like, oh, they just use normal rabbits and put them in a in with miniatures and now i've seen it and i like i'm like i knew i had to see it eventually
3: i did think think the scene was pretty funny where they're supposed to be like uh flooding into this house while the people are in the basement or whatever yeah (laughs) and they cut to the rabbits and they're just like they kind of are definitely being pushed into the house and then they get in there and they're like this blows, and then just kind of sit down. They're all, just,
1: they're all just sitting there, like, a couple of them are doing that weird thing that rabbits do, where it takes, makes it look like they're eating.
3: <laughs> that's good stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was... Anytime they they put, a, they put the, all a bunch of rabbits in the same spot, eventually the rabbits were just like, it's getting crowded, we'll all just sit still until the humans let us out again. <laughs> and then they would use those shots, and it's like, well, that's, yeah, that's a group of rabbits, all right. <laughs> 'Cause there was the my favorite moment of that was when the guy, uh was Roy Calhoun's character, he found he he found the convenience store had been trashed and he followed like the blood or whatever and he sees that there's like a big barn back there and he's like, Oh maybe the rabbits are in there and you see him like look around and then pull back as if like he's like, Okay, I think I've managed to not be seen and then they show you the inside of the barn and there's like hundreds of rabbits in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way he played it, I thought there was gonna be one or two. Or like one in there and then another one behind him. But no, hundreds. I'll just sitting there staring out waiting. Because for some reason these rabbits only traveled at night. So.
3: Uh, Alright, so what are we thinking? Are we thinking yay or nay on this movie?
2: Oh, I think it's
1: worth a watch.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think if, if you're the kind of person who enjoys those old, like, 50s giant monster movies tarantula is the one i keep pointing to because it's got the, ex- almost the exact same plot it's like yeah like this is i think you need to see this I, I don't think there's any way that listening to us describe it can give you the same experience of watching this movie it's probably most people are only going to watch it once i would think or you'll watch it once and then you'll watch it a few more times because you'd be like find your friends and be like you have got to see this fucking thing <laughs> uh,
3: i do feel like it'd be a good party movie
1: oh yeah yeah. Uh,
3: alright so that takes us to Food of the Gods which as you pointed out on Instagram Doug is reported to be adapted from a portion of the HG Wells novel <laughs> which I read up about the novel and the novel seems to have very little to actually do with this movie
1: doesn't involve like a football player from san francisco going on a weekend get away <laughs> with this pr man
3: sure doesn't
1: i just assumed that wasn't in the hg wells novel
3: hg <laughs> wells novel apparently they come up with this superfood to, to feed the babies and then that causes the babies to grow giant and they sort of have to deal with a problem like oh we have giant children now so we're going to have to conform society to having giants roaming around and that's pretty much about it that, that do doesn't the, sound do like the, this gi- movie at
2: all do the giant babies start eating people uh I don't think so because that would be a really fucking cool horror movie
1: I kind of want to see that movie too but it's it's not what this movie is
3: no now I do think uh, uh, if I remember right reading the description at the end of the book They do sort of comment on having to grow larger animals for the giants to, you know, consume as food. So maybe that is the very small tie-in, but it does not seem nowhere near as crazy as this movie. Um, So as Doug pointed out, yeah, a uh, football player and his, uh, what did you call him, his...
1: It's PR man. It's
3: PR man. (laughs) Another guy? Was that guy on the team, too?
1: I don't know who the other guy was.
3: Yeah, I couldn't tell. He didn't look like a football player. I'm like, there's no way that dude plays
1: football. None of them look like football players.
3: Well, the main character is played by Marjo Gortner. Uh, We saw him in Star Crash. Now... I would have brought this up when we did Star Crash, but I didn't know it. I just randomly clicked on his bio. So, this Marjo guy, uh, in his early career, he was a four year old world's youngest ordained minister. Uh, he was dubbed a miracle child. He was preaching gospel from memory and performing faith healings.
2: So. So basically, he's, he's Jesus. Well, he
3: drew capacity crowds as he barnstormed throughout the Bible Belt. Marjo, the name a combination of Mary and Joseph, eventually eventually became, eventually became disillusioned with what he considered a huge deception and withdrew from the scene entirely during his teen years.
2: It sounds an awful lot like his parents were trying to turn him into some kind of cult baby.
1: Yeah.
3: That's what it seems
1: like. It really does seem that.
3: Uh, so then he played a band and then got into acting. And then that leads us to Food of the Guts. Uh, I just thought that was crazy that he was like a four-year-old like evangelist. And then he's like, that's bullshit. And then became like an actor in like
1: shitty B movies. Um, well, good for him because he made the right move. He did.
3: Uh, oh. Told Compells Act, the amazing documentary Marjo, based on his life as a fake evangelist, introduced the public to a new and profoundly hypnotic performer. It's crazy. Alright, so these three guys, apparently they got a big game coming up, and was it their coach recommends they have like a couple days off. Yes. So they decide to go out to this island. It's like uh, sort of just country life. Like they're riding horses and they have dogs that chase deer apparently. Right, and uh, one of the guys is really pissed because they sort of corner the deer and then the deer just takes off and Marjo's is like, ah, come on, we caught him, just let him go but the other guy chases him down where he runs into giant wasps that then sting him to death. And yeah. So <laughs> him and his uh, PR man are like, fuck, what are we going to do? you stay here with the body and then marjo goes looking for like a a telephone so he goes to this lady's house and she's all pissed off that he's there she's got like a gun but he goes into the barn and there's giant chickens that he has to fight with
2: (laughs) i'm i'm just gonna say this right now there are a lot of things in this movie i like him fighting a giant rooster with a pitchfork may be my favorite fucking thing
0: in the whole in the whole fucking
2: movie. That is some that is some straight up weird clash of the titans shit and I fucking I'm so into that. I can't argue
1: that. I think we we might all be in agreement on this movie by yeah. the time we're done this conversation.
3: So he confronts the lady says he needs a telephone. She's like, I ain't got no telephone. My husband went to the big city to talk to somebody about this crazy shit that just comes up out of the ground. And we don't know what it is. So, of course, we just mix it in with our chicken feed and let them eat it.
2: And they grew huge. Okay, okay we need to pause. Yeah. This this happens in several horror movies. <laughs> Why the fuck are people eating and or feeding the weird shit that comes out of the ground to stuff? <laughs> uh, you mean like the movie The Stuff? Yeah. Not like the stuff. <laughs> who who looked at it and went, Hey, there's some shit that looks kinda like marshmallow fluff popping out of this rock.
3: Yeah, this like this looks like
2: fluff. this looks
3: like gross oatmeal just sort of pouring out of the ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not really logical that you would take that and feed it to someone
2: or no. something. I'm just saying touching it touching it has gone too far. In horror movies whatever, they're like, what's that? And they, like, dip their finger in the weird shit. It's like, no! That is not the way this works.
3: And, of course, I believe they're the ones that coin it food of the gods. They label all their jars F-O-T-G.
1: Yeah, because they believe. Well, they they do, yeah. They believe God um, gave it to them because they deserve it.
3: And this is when Marjo's, like, listen, lady, that God stuff not not real
2: it also did you guys also find it hilarious that she basically had to explain that uh not only did they feed it to the animals but that the animals didn't want to eat it so it took them <laughs> a little bit of effort of mixing it with different things to figure out how to get the animals <laughs> to eat the weird goo coming out of the ground that's correct yeah uh
3: um, and I think it's during this scene the lady sort of offhandedly comments that she thinks the rats might be getting into it, but she doesn't seem super concerned about.
1: It. No, no, yeah, it made my chickens giant, uh, but I'm not really concerned about the other things eating it and what would happen <laughs> if those get giant.
3: Yeah, like a wa- like literally while he's standing there, a wasp lands on an open jar of it. And he's like, "Well, that wasp seems to like it," and she's just like, "Me." So he doesn't find a telephone. They just sort of. Wrap the dude up in a blanket and then carry him back to the Jeep. And this is the, this is the weird thing to me. They have to take a ferry to get over there. And I understand there's probably no like law enforcement on the Island. Yeah. But, but they just wrap the dude up in a blanket and throw him in the back of his open Jeep. And then they're just sitting on the ferry with tons of people mulling about with a dead body in the back of their truck. Right. <laughs> problem. (laughs) they they don't seem phased by it whatsoever, nope. Um, and then uh, so they go back to I don't know football stuff. And is this, yeah, this, this is when the husband, I guess, has come back from the big city, but then uh, he his car gets overrun by giant rats that apparently have been eating the food of the gods as the lady didn't seem concerned about before.
2: I, I think you skipped the part with the giant fucking maggots.
3: Oh, yeah. That was fucked up, too. Yeah, she finds the maggots and they, like, latch onto her arm and stuff.
2: Oh, my yeah. God. That's so fucking good. <laughs> That's some good horror movie shit right there. Giant fucking maggots on your arm. Oh. Uh,
3: so, of course, her husband's car gets overrun by rats. They tear him out of the car and kill him uh then cut to the next day where apparently the business people that were supposed to be meeting up with the husband that day drive right by his car don't seem concerned by it that it's all torn to shreds no go right to the farm and they're like yeah your husband said there's stuff coming out of the ground and we could probably sell it for like billions of dollars and it's like these people are horrible
1: it's so like it's so fucking weird too because they play it up like these people are from the big city and she's like this country bumpkin she keeps saying, did my husband make a money deal with you <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't understand like the word sale
3: um and then i don't remember what their reasoning was but the uh football guy and the pr guy decided they need to go back up to the to the island to take care of the wasps or
2: something. Yeah, yeah, they went for wasp vengeance.
3: Yes. Yep. To take shotguns with them and stuff. Uh, so, and then they run, they run into, uh, which the stupid people earlier just drove right by them, but they run into a couple with a pregnant lady and a guy in an RV. Apparently, they got their car, the tire went flat or whatever. Whatever nonsensical plot point. Um,. Uh, and they go. Up, they end up going up to the to the farm, and they're like, "Yeah, this food of the God stuff's no good. We're gonna go look for those wasps and take them apart." And then uh, was it the Mer- Was it the RV couple? The rats show up and tear their all their shit apart. So they run yeah. to the farm, and then it just becomes sort of a siege movie where everybody's locked in this barn, this uh, farmhouse, and giant rats are trying to get inside the entire time. Yep. So someone comes up with the idea of. Let's blow this dam that is realistically only as tall as I am. Yeah. Can, conveniently
1: we'll, there's a dam over there that will flood everything.
3: Yeah. That's that's not very big. So it's not holding back very much water, but somehow we'll flood the entire island to take care of these rats because they cannot swim, as pointed out earlier.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, an unfair note, rats can totally swim.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's explained
1: though because they're so much bigger that they'd have to like relearn to swim. Just it's kind of
2: bullshit. But once so I mean, yeah. again, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. it's just movie science. Yeah, they explain it, a rule and they stick with the rule. I'm good with that.
1: Yeah, they 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 give it enough lip service that it's like okay, it's not really well done, but it's something.
3: So how did we feel about Food of the Gods? And was this a first time watch for anybody?
2: Uh, first time watch for me. I <laughs> would I would say, out of uh, giant animal attack movies, this may be the best one.
3: <laughs> I rather enjoyed this movie as well. Which maybe is why that the problem I had, because I watched this first, really enjoyed it, and then watched Night of the Lepus and felt like that drug on forever.
1: Yeah. But we're we're three for three on this one i i love this movie (laughs) it's it's only a second time watch for me and the first time was like it was like probably over a decade ago and i watched it like on my laptop which Mm -hmm. before i carried a smartphone where i'd put my laptop in the kitchen while i was cooking and throw something on watch like a youtube stream of it that way and i remember just thinking this is like some of the craziest shit ever but the effects are shockingly good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the only effect that's bad is rats attacking miniatures. That's it. Like, and and it's bad in the fact that it's clearly rats attacking miniatures. Yeah. But but besides that, all the close-up stuff looks great. Yeah,
3: yeah And I was gonna say the com- some a lot of the composite shots are done really well too. Yeah, there are a couple that kind of bleed into each other, and I'm like, ah. That one's not great but a lot of the other ones are done really well
1: but even like the wasps at the beginning are like i mean they're essentially from what i can tell cartoon wasps drawn in but it's really done well and when Mm -hmm. they're shooting them down it works really well like they're firing shotguns at these wasps and you're seeing them fall from the sky and you're like that's pretty fucking cool like for like when you put it in the context of being a 1970s movie Mm -hmm. you're like because you know like the miniatures thing yeah you're right it doesn't look great but it doesn't look terrible for the time
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It just looks terrible because a year after this movie, Star Wars came out and we saw what you can really do with miniatures, right? <laughs> if you really want to.
3: Yeah, I uh oh, and the maggots. The maggot special effects look amazing too.
1: Yeah,
2: those things looked real. They looked they looked alive. Mm-hmm. And they're gross as hell.
1: Yeah, they were.
2: Yeah, I was I was kind of shocked by the uh sheer level of gross out gore that's actually in this movie. I really mm-hmm. wasn't expecting it. I was I was kind of I went into this more expecting Night of the Lepus uh you know, blah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that, that, you know what I mean? That's the best way I can describe that. It's like, yeah, Well, I think like
3: the the I don't know, the fake giant rats that they made which was obviously just giant heads and then they would shove them into frame or whatever. Yeah, those actually look really good which I was shocked like the, the rabbit stuff in Night of the Lepus looked, looked like a dude in a giant bunny suit attacking somebody that <laughs> I was not a big fan of but I thought these were done
1: pretty well yeah I mean they're a little bit uh, like, like they don't move much whatever yeah. the word for that is yeah. but they're, it's like,
3: they're not very articulate
1: no yeah which is you know you can tell that they're fake because of that but they look good if they were sitting still, I think they'd look pretty real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, I mean, they, this movie has that, uh, it's an, it's an American international movie. and yeah. It has that atmosphere to it that I, like, I just dig and I think it's fun. They made a bunch of these movies in the seventies um, that I just, I, I get into with The, they're just fun enough that you forgive when the special effects don't look perfect.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause you're
1: like, okay, we're just having a good time here. Like they're not trying to convince me that this is a true story. And so you kind of just buy into it all. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous that this whole group of people ends up at this farmhouse together and that they're being sieged by giant rats, but we're all having fun watching this. So we don't need to question all that, you know?
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, and it, it, I don't know how to describe the atmosphere exactly, but it walks that line between like, yeah, this is a horror movie, and yeah, there's like the gross-out stuff in it, and good blood and stuff, and then there's also just, we're all here having fun. You don't have to get worried. Like, nobody's expecting you to, like, vomit during any of the gross-out scenes, or mm. to be run, running away scared.
3: I feel like you could compare it almost to, like, Piranha. Yeah. Because, like, Piranha like, kind of has a tongue-in-cheek attitude, but and it actually does everything really well so it works as like a horror movie too like it does have a little bit of suspense to it and I feel yeah. like this kind of falls in that category it's
1: a little less jokey than some of the
3: jokier parts of Piranha but. oh for sure, for sure, but I think just the we're having a good time aspect of it yeah, uh, definitely helps and falls sort of a little bit more in that Piranha category where you're able to give able to give a little bit on some of the questionable Piranha special effects which most of them are pretty good in that movie, but there are a couple scenes. So it's like, meh. And I feel like this kind of falls. This is like the same thing.
1: Yeah. So it's, yeah. Like, I I think this is just, it ends up just being a super fun movie to watch and you know, like, yeah, some of the acting's a little off and all that stuff that comes along with these sort of lower budget type filmmaking, but it's just, it's just fun to watch. That's all there is to it. Like it's, I had a great time watching this movie. I'm going to watch it again one day. I'm probably going to watch the sequel and be disappointed in that.
3: <laughs> yeah, those are. I read. I read the plotline to the sequel. Those are genetically modified rats.
1: I'm not. I'm not reading no plotlines. I'm just going to accidentally watch that one day when I find it on YouTube <laughs> or something, and then I'll be on here complaining about it the next week.
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe it works because there's at least a little bit more of a variety. Like, we got the giant wasps, even the maggots show up, and then the rats show up, and then that's kind of when everything goes crazy. Yeah. So I think that definitely helps, rather than... Like we were talking about with Night and Lepus, where it's like, yeah, but they're rabbits. Nobody's scared of rabbits.
1: Well, and I do think, though, they're, all of the animals that are... With the exception of maybe the chicken, it's like, the wasps... People are legitimately scared of wasps, and mm-hmm. there's a reason a- to be and same thing with rats and same thing with maggots like it it, it makes sense that people would be scared of these animals even if they were normal sized so when you make them giant of course they're scary
2: have you ever spent time on a farm i I guess because because that was a rooster and roosters are fucking terrifying they they are are they they are super aggressive and they have big old ass claws and they will come at you Well, yeah, I don't know. I I think they I think that they do a good
1: job. I also think it's like the progression is, you know, like wasps. You feel like you could swat away, even if they were giant. And then you get the chicken, which is like okay, but we can kind of confine that in the barn. And then by the time you get to rats, it's like what do you do when rats are just swarming like that? So blow, I think
3: up, they, blow up a small dam and it floods the entire island.
1: So I know. Go. I know. They really, <laughs> they
2: really should have been a bigger dam <laughs> but what are you gonna do and uh they try an electric fence on them too mm. they do try an electric fence on them
3: yeah just hook a generator up and just like yeah hey, we're good
2: i mean ba- basically food of the gods uh takes everything that night of the Lepus was trying to do and they actually like do it <laughs>
1: yeah i guess yeah well, they, had, they had four more years to learn um
3: no annoying kid except for the baby that shows up towards the end of the movie
2: yeah i'm a little disappointed because i really thought whenever she kept saying the kids are turning giant that somehow that lady was gonna like eat some of the weird poop juice <laughs> and and pop out a crazy giant baby at the end of the movie
3: well i don't think there was, it? there was none left was there that that corporate guy like was Scooping that shit up in (laughs) every available container ever and putting it in his truck.
1: That was a pretty entertaining scene, watching him scoop it all up and be like, go get me another bucket!
2: It does end with those two half jars floating down the the old crick, letting everyone know that Part two's coming.
3: Somehow finds the piranhas from Piranha, turns them into giant piranhas.
1: Oh, holy shit. I'd watch that. Oh, man. What if they... What if that river takes them out to the ocean and sharks eat them. And then we got giant sharks. Oh, shit. I want to see Food of the Gods where it's just like, like you were talking earlier about Elseworld movies. I want <laughs> just a bunch of them where it's like each one of them just starts with that scene of it floating down the river, but a different animal eats it. And we have a different giant animal each time.
3: <laughs> yeah. Giant snapping turtle.
2: Giant super aggressive penguins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's the longest opening sequence in history because it has to drift all the fucking way down to Antarctica.
2: I'm just, all I'm imagining is somebody going, oh, those aren't scary. And then one comes sliding down a hill on its belly. It's fucking 65 <laughs> miles an hour. They're like, oh, God!
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Have you ever watched, like, there's video if you go online of penguins fighting each other? Those can be mean. <laughs> like, I've seen penguins beat the shit out of each other to the point where it's like all bloody and like it's gross. (laughs) I don't know why I've watched it.
2: Um, fucking moose gets into it. It's the size of a uh, goddamn house. I think actually Kevin Smith's making that movie.
3: He keeps. I don't know. He hasn't talked about it in a while.
2: He'll get to it.
3: He's gonna make this fucking probably a horrible Jay and Silent Bob movie first.
1: Well, we'll see. It might be great.
3: And I
2: hold that up. Oh. I'm trying the to think of what's so. Uh, so the thing.
3: good news is,
2: what's up? I, I was going to say, what do you guys think the most terrifying giant animal would be? You just take an animal and make it the size, like a like a lion, right? So whatever it is, upgrade it to that point. What's the uh, worst possible animal? House cat. Okay
3: they wouldn't just kill yeah. they would just like play with everybody first yeah and then eat
1: you yeah like objectively cats are the worst animal in the world they're like just vicious killers <laughs> you'll be killing for fun but the one i'd probably be the most scared of would probably be like a tarantula or
3: something yeah that
2: wouldn't be good either see i think it'd be a possum imagine a possum the size of a lion coming at you yeah with those crazy teeth <laughs> <laughs>
1: Imagine how big a tree it would have to find to hang upside down out of. Uh
2: so the good
3: news is if you wish to own Food of the Gods on physical media, which yeah. I, mean, I think we're saying everybody should.
1: I, um, yeah, I I want to.
3: So <laughs> There uh our good friends at uh Scream Factory put out a double feature Blu ray with Food of the Gods in another movie we covered, Frogs. Oh really? Yeah.
1: There's a weird a number of these animal attacks type movies in the uh, '70s. Uh? I
3: don't
1: know what was going on. Hopefully, we're due for another round of these. I want some big budget giant monster movies.
3: Yeah, I mean, we had the Meg a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, did, I think they're
3: working on a sequel right now. And Godzilla comes out this weekend. That's kind of a yeah. giant monster movie. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna
2: go. I'm gonna go see that in IMAX tomorrow night. I want to. I'm sure I got a
3: fucking get my house ready for all this bachelorette, bachelor party bullshit that's happening this weekend.
2: Yeah. Fat, fat kid's coming up. We're gonna go to Red Robin and get some bottomless steak fries and then go uh, watch watch giant monsters hit each other with stuff. Nice. Weirdest, weirdest, they, this movie critics need to stop fucking watching this movie because they're starting to piss me off because all of their criticisms are insane uh, too
3: much monster fighting
2: not enough people yes too much monster fighting it's a fucking Godzilla movie it should be nothing but monsters fighting <laughs> there could be no dialogue and just monsters fighting for two and a half hours and it would be awesome
1: Oh uh, yeah my big criticism of the last Godzilla movie was that there was not enough monsters fighting like there was too much people.
2: Right. Yeah. And the oh. fact that they sold me Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston barely in the movie. I was fine with that. That's a nice little happy twist. Ouch. They fucking, they Malcolm McDowell'd me. I got Malcolm McDowell again.
1: <laughs> All right. So do we want to get back on track or are we not going to bother?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I will t- let me tell you about my fury about movies that put Malcolm McDowell on the goddamn cover of that movie. Yeah, There's we don't have no time money. to get into that long ass list of movies. <laughs>
3: uh, so I think we're all we're all in agreement. Yay on this movie, definitely watch.
2: Yeah, yeah, like I like I said, I don't just recommend this. I of a giant animal movies, it's it's the best one. I can't think of another one that even especially to my particular taste, because you know what I mean? It's kind of cheesy. It's got, it's a just a weirdness to it. And then it's got good gore and stuff, man. It it like hits all the things.
3: Then Marjo's in it,
2: right? (laughs) You throw, you, you slap some random uh, B movie star that I like a little more in there. And you got the perfect film. (laughs) Sneak, yeah. a, sneak sneak a Ted Ramey in there for me.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully they'll remake this one day and we can get Ted Ramy in there. That'd be perfect.
3: Um sort of loosely speaking about Ted Ramey. <laughs> uh I did catch a commercial for the new uh Bruce Campbell host at Ripley's Believe It Or Not. Oh yeah. The other day. I really wasn't interested. Now I'm kind of excited for it. <laughs> it
1: has Bruce in it. We're all gonna be excited for it eventually. <laughs>
2: Exactly. It's alright it I'm, I'm a little worried that it's going to turn into like uh, What was What the fuck was the name of the alien show That Dan Aykroyd hosted Oh, uh, I don't know He's I kind of a nut job anyway I can't remember but I remember when commercials for that came out And I was like oh yeah I love Dan Aykroyd And I like weird alien stuff This show's going to be so cool And then like I watched the first two episodes And I was like what the fuck is this <laughs>
3: All right, what did everybody watch this week?
2: I didn't watch shit. Awesome, Doug. What did you watch? That's, why didn't you watch things now? Uh, d- because I, I'm I'm so fucking busy. I seriously do not have a single night to do anything until Sunday. Like, and I've been going since about Thursday of last week. I've had something going on every fucking day. And and my poor fat kid nerves are, are frayed to the limits. I think I managed to watch like an episode of the Goldbergs and it ended up being the episode that's about how terrible that his family acts at restaurants. And that is it not funny to me that like <laughs> it causes me weird anxieties because whenever i see even in a movie people misbehaving in restaurants i'm like oh you motherfuckers You're like don't you send that food back i will fucking end you wow yeah you really went off there huh? oh my god i worked in restaurants for so long people people acting like assholes in restaurants seriously like it's way under my fucking skin okay. even, even whenever it's pretend it just makes me anxious I accept that, but that's it. That's literally all I did. All right.
3: What did you watch, dude? Uh,
1: I got a few things I can mention here. Uh, first thing, for some reason, there was a George Romero movie that I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Season? Of the... Nope. Season of the Witch. Ah. Seventy-three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I just suddenly realized that there was a George Romero movie I'd never seen, and I'm like, well, fuck. So I watched it. <laughs> uh, Have you guys seen it?
3: I have not. I have like a screener copy that some company sent me, but I don't watch it.
1: It's a pretty weird one. Um, It's just basically about this housewife who is sick of her husband, who's always on the road and cheating on her and stuff. So she becomes a witch. Um, That's, I mean, that's your basic plot. Uh, There's a lot of like weird, trippy dream sequences and stuff, and just a lot of like all that kind of stuff that 70s. You know, we're still riding the high from our 60s drug use (laughs) type filmmaking. Um, So it was it was a really well made film. Not much goes on in it, and I found that to be like it sort of felt like it dragged a little bit. But then all the weird dream sequences and stuff are all well done. So that. Kept it interesting enough, so it's kind of very mediocre in the, in the long run, is how I would say. Um, yeah, it's, but,
2: a, it's got a really dope
1: uh poster for it, yeah, there's a bunch of posters for it, which is weird. I really also, like
2: the one that's it's like black and white and it's just kind of like her face and it just says season of witch on it, just looks yeah, really good. Yeah. The funny thing to me is,
1: the other uh, the other title for it is Hungry Wives which makes it seem like they're becoming witches is sort of, it makes it sound like it's the porn parody of this movie to my mind. I don't know why, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, that's not season of the witch is probably the way to go with a movie about witches. But yeah, it's, I mean, if it's one of those ones where it's like, I I feel like if you're a horror fan, you should probably see everything George Romero did. Uh, That's part of that I should have seen this by now. I feel guilty that I didn't. I'm glad I've seen it, uh, but it's certainly not one I'll return to a lot, just because it is kind of slower, weirder. There's no giant. There's nobody like dies, comes back to life, and then bites somebody else in it, so that reduces my enjoyment. <laughs> <down. laughs> but like I said, like I say, very well made film. So definitely, if it's the type of thing you're interested in, I recommend it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would, I would not recommend mm-hmm. is a uh, Slumber Party Massacre Two. Oh, because I, wa- I remember how happy I was after I watched Slumber Party Massacre last week. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, right, too. I'll watch that. And as soon as I started watching it, I like I it had been years since I'd seen it. And I remember like, it's like, OK, it's the little sister from the last movie is now the main character of this movie. And her and her friends are going off. To like Now it's like later in the 80s, so one of the dads bought a condo, and they're all going to go hang out at the new condo. And I'm like, okay, they're all going to go to the new condo, and then a killer's going to show up. And the poster has this killer with a guitar with a drill at the end of it. And I'm like, I want to see a guy kill that. And then there's just... And this is just a personal thing, so maybe other people feel very differently about it. I don't want to discourage anyone, but I do not want my slasher killers singing or dancing. <laughs> I feel they should do neither of those. And there's a lot of dancing in this movie and like full songs playing while this guy in a leather jacket with a really cool guitar weapon dances around and chases people. And I'm just like, don't, don't dance so much, man. It's upsetting.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't seen it in forever. I do not remember enjoying it.
1: Yeah, no, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know as soon as it came on and I started to remember it I'm like there's something about this I don't like and I don't remember what it is but I'll give it a shot and it's you know it's super cheesy at the beginning and stuff but then it's and then there are like some plot twists at the end that I won't spoil in case people actually do want to see it um, but don't so <laughs> <laughs> there's that
3: you got to you, you gonna try for part three
1: we'll see I don't know maybe that'll be I mean, next week I'll be watching that and the, the Stepfather three and I'll just come on here and complain the whole time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. I I, I don't know because uh, I was pretty disappointed. But on the other hand, I think it's my own fault for watching it again when I knew should have known what I was getting into. There's <laughs> a reason why I haven't seen that one in years. <laughs> uh, okay, what else did I watch? I watched a movie called The Redeemer. You guys ever heard of that one? Uh,
3: name's familiar, but I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I I had never heard of it. Um, I selected it because it was the right length of time for how much free time I had. (laughs) So so I'm like, all right, that works. I can fit this one in. If I watch any other movie, I risk not getting to see the end. Um, So its it's alternate title is Class Reunion Massacre, if that gives you a better idea of what it's about. Uh, for all intents and purposes, a bunch of people show up for a class reunion. They start to get killed off. And uh, yeah. The, so the first part, we're being introduced to all of the characters that are going to show up. And we're... It's fairly obvious what they're doing. Is they're telling us why these people are like, quote-unquote, sinners. So the one guy is like, cheats on his wife and whatever the one girl's a lesbian if you can believe somebody that atrocious right so they're all like committing these like sins quote unquote in the eyes of traditional society they all show up at this at their old high school uh and then they realize hey why is it just like six of us here and hey why did somebody lock us in the building and hey we're all getting killed off one by one and that whole first part is pretty bad like it's a very low budget movie it's from 1978 and so like the picture quality terrible and the sound quality's terrible and it's that annoying mix that they used to do back then in low budget filmmaking where it's like the music is way too loud compared to the people talking so you're constantly like turning your tv up when there's a conversation scene and then turning your tv down when there's a musical like a musical score scene but but then the killing starts and it's super good it's like the killing is like there's one girl that gets drowned in a sink and it's literally just like the sink is full of water and he's jamming her head under there there's one guy that takes a bullet off the head and it's the kind of like bullet through the head that i rewound and rewatched because it was fun to watch um the killer is doesn't have like one costume that he wears he changes into different ones for different points (laughs) <laughs> Which is always fun. I
3: a big fan of the costume change mid movie, huh?
1: Yeah, I always think it's—I always think it's nice when the killer puts a little effort into <laughs> dressing differently for each kill. You know, mm. it makes it feel better. So yeah, I—I I don't know if I would recommend watching this movie, but if you—if you Google some of the kills and maybe they're on YouTube or something, I'd—I'd I'd recommend watching the kills because um, they're just fun and they're all quite different. Which is kind of weird because it's seventy eight, so like pre Friday the Thirteenth, we're in a it's a full fledged slasher movie basically. And Then at the end we get the reveal of who the killer is, and it's not. No one cares because we're just it's just about watching the kills. <laughs> so, yeah, I I surprisingly enjoyed it, especially if, since I almost turned it off because of how bad it was in the beginning. Um. Last thing I saw, and I think you saw this too, Brian. Mm-hmm. I went saw Brightburn. Mm-hmm. So evil Superman movie, yep. which I thought was a marketing ploy until I went and saw the movie and realized it's literally just an evil Superman <laughs> movie.
3: Technically evil Superboy movie, but yeah.
1: But yes, yeah, Superboy. He kind of has this coming-of-age story where he develops his evil superpowers. <laughs> uh, what did you think? Did you like it?
3: Um, I thought it was okay uh the biggest thing i'll say is if uh if you've seen the trailers you've pretty much seen the entire movie yeah like I was, all the all the big set pieces are in all the trailers and i mean it's realistically it's the storyline is just point a to point b there's no like big
1: shocks yeah. or anything in it uh there's a couple of twists that i didn't necessarily see coming um <laughs> But you know, nothing that really has at the end of the day is pretty predictable. I, the what? I guess I was surprised by how much of a Superman movie it is. Yeah. It. it
3: it's, uh, it's 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 not far off. Like it's
1: yeah. it it follows yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Um, it's just what if Superman was evil? Is the is the question, right? Yeah. And I, but I, I, I dug all the performances. Like all three of the leads, I think, are really good. Hmm. I dug the gore. Like, there's some really good gore in this movie.
3: That was the thing I was surprised by. It is very, very gory. Yeah. Which is good. There's a scene where some dude gets his jaw dislocated and, like, his, you know, like the skin rips. So, I mean, his jaw is literally dislocated and hanging. And he's, like, using his hand to try to hold his jaw up during the scene. And I was like,
1: that's fucked up. I, don't know, I can't even. I can't even stop smiling while you say it. I loved it. <laughs> I,
3: thought
1: it was, I thought that was a fantastic moment. There's an eyeball scene that I thought was done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. i it's my biggest complaint about the movie is that it's like 90 minutes, and I'd like to see a two-hour cut of it and spend more time with all the people that we meet, and
0: mm-hmm. maybe
1: in the middle have like the character arcs stretched out a little bit not that i think they're done poorly in the movie just that i think i would like to see more which i is it's my complaint about the movie but i guess it's also a compliment to the movie that i want to spend more time with all these people Mm -hmm. and i thought they did like a really good job of playing up like the the mom and dad like not wanting to deal with the fact that their son's evil like just like sort of trying to be especially the mom is trying to be like yeah i don't it's my kid i don't care if Killed people. Like I st- still want to protect my son, right? Which makes sense. Like you can understand that.
2: Yeah. My question is: Did they leave it open for a sequel? Oh yeah. Yes. Good. Uh, Good. Because what I really want, and I have not seen this one yet, so maybe it's already in there. But what I really, really want in the second movie is for them in- to introduce a Lex Luthor X character that's basically uh, Van Helsing <laughs> trying to hunt down and kill Superman. <laughs> That's an well, interesting idea.
3: Yeah, they don't tease that, but this is not spoilery. It's just something that's at the end of the movie. Post-credits. Which, by post-credits, I mean there's like two minutes of credits, and then if even yeah. that much, then this pops up. Mid-credits. Um. So the movie ends, and then we get a like a YouTube-type show that is hosted by Michael Rooker. And he's a conspiracy theorist and he's going off about these weird beings on earth. And of course talks about the kid from Brightburn, but then also alludes to like three or four other people. Yeah. Basically I th- I,
1: evil justice league.
3: Yeah. But I feel like they're setting up for maybe some other movies or whatever. Cause they essentially like the evil version of Aquaman A witch who you could argue resembles Wonder Woman. And then the the best sort of inside joke, which is uh, Rain Wilson's character from Super portraying the evil Batman version in this evil Justice League. (laughs) So yeah, so I I was pleasantly happy. And I feel like it's something that opens it up enough that they could either set it up where they have like a versus movie where now maybe Brightburn Kid kate comes back and faces off against the evil ocean guy or they just all team up to evil justice league which i'd be fine with too
1: see i'm not really pro that that was my my, maybe the thing i liked least about the movie was that little kicker at the end i'd love to see a sequel to this movie but it's not something where I'd want to see an evil Justice League. I think I'd be happy with just my evil Superman. And like mm-hmm. you say, I like the the Lex Luthor idea. Because yeah, I, I, like, I love the ending. It's, it's a minor spoiler, I guess, but the ending to this movie is a very traditional superhero movie ending. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was... I loved it. And I was like super excited for a sequel. Yeah. It's funny because I was talking to somebody and they were like, Oh, you know, I thought the movie would have this like really like stereotypical happy ending to it, and then it didn't go that way. And I'm like, well, it it did have the stereotypical ending to it. It's just the stereotypical ending of a superhero movie, not a horror movie,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which is exactly what the right thing to do was after the way the rest of the movie progressed. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Know, there was there was a few moments in this movie that I fucking loved. Um, it's hard. I don't know how spoilery we want to get.
3: But, I mean, if you don't want to be spoiled, just jump ahead for like a minute or two.
1: Yeah. So when he kills the mom, mm-hmm. that's we. That was pr- hopefully people turn it off if they don't want the spoiler. <laughs> but When he, like, like, when she's she's about to kill him, and he like stops her, and he flies up there, and he's above the clouds, holding to her, and she knows what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And he just looks around, and he just when he lets her go, and you see her fall that was fantastically well executed and a lot of it is just because she's a good actress uh, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Banks she's so good that she looks just genuinely petrified and just heartbroken at the same time and you're just like oh my god it's very effective kill and super fun to watch and then when he turns and sees that plane coming right at him (laughs) I'm like yes (laughs) yeah
3: yeah that that stuff was good i thought the stuff of the dad taking him out to go quote-unquote hunting
1: yeah that was that was the one when i said there were some moments that shocked me Mm. that was the one that got me where i'm like holy shit he's actually gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) when it when when the dad pulls the trigger i'm like fuck really
3: yeah it pulls the trigger and then the kid just acts like why did you just flick me in the back of the head and that's when you're like oh
1: shit The kid, uh, when the the look on the kid's face, the kid's a good actor too. When he look in his face, when he's like, "Oh, you just you just fucking shot me. We're not friends anymore. That's not how that works." Like, it's it's fucking great. It's well executed, and it it does that thing that like I think a lot of good horror movies do, where it's like it leaves just enough open where you're like, "Well, what if the dad hadn't shot him? What if the mom had continued? Had like, even though at that point." you can't blame the parents for doing what they did. Like, what if they had just done it differently? Would they, would he have ever gotten pushed over that edge to become the full supervillain that he becomes? It's hard to know really. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, I'd like to see more. Like I said, I felt just kind of disappointed that basically everything I saw in the trailer was exactly what I got in the movie.
2: Do they, do they at least introduce some kind of a kryptonite thingy? Yes. Yeah.
3: Do would you, do you yes. want to tell you what it is.
2: Uh I don't I don't care.
3: Uh so basically he shows up in a spaceship just like Superman does. I mean obviously Superman yep. and he finds out when he discovers his ship hidden in the barn, he falls and tries to like grab it to steady himself and the metal from his ship can cut him. Whereas nothing else can.
2: Ah, yeah. yeah, that is a that is a very limited supply of. the uh... It is,
3: especially since he yeah. uh, crashed a plane on top of it. So. so,
2: but we'll
1: see. Like I could see them. There, there can be some explanation where they have extra stuff made up at some lab or whatever, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
1: the, figure out something. The Lex Luthor character that's going to be the good guy in the next movie.
2: Could... Are you guys still there? Mm-hmm. Did Doug just drop out? Did we lose Doug? I think we did. I think we lost Doug mid-sentence. Bye,
3: Doug. All right. Well, I guess Doug's done talking. All right. Well, we'll see if Doug ever comes back. He may just say fuck it and go to bed, which I wouldn't believe. Uh, let's see. I watched a couple things. Uh, I watched a movie called The Ranger on Shudder that had been promoted for like the past couple weeks. weeks, um, which led me to believe it was like a, hey, Doug's back. Alright. Apparently you're in this play, you're in this chat twice. You got two icons at the bottom of the screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just got kicked out and got brought back in. It's super weird that there's two of me now.
2: We That's interesting we lost you at Lex Luthor. Okay, I was just saying
1: the Lex Luthor character in the next movie could easily, you know, make some sort of simulated version of the the metal to take the kid out. But, yeah. That point was more more relevant to our conversation about three minutes ago when I said it the first time. <laughs>
3: Sciencey stuff makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I was telling Noah that I watched a movie on Shutter called The Ranger, okay. which looked like it was like a slasher movie with an evil park ranger.
1: Yeah,
3: which I was fine with. Um, so the movie is actually about these group of punks, like think. Uh, think the modern version of the punks from return of the living dead okay so they're a little bit more emo but they try to be like ah this is the fucking way of life bullshit bullshit yeah um so they're really fucking annoying well this girl this girl apparently grew up with her uncle in this cabin so and then something that unfolds throughout the movie is shown to us that happened there when she was younger uh so they like end up especially the lead guy ends up like stabbing someone so they're trying to hide out from the police um so of course they go to this cabin in the middle of nowhere and then this ranger seems to be onto them like like i'm watching you like sort of the whole time and then of course they slowly start getting picked off one by one uh yeah like it's not super great it's very it's very low budget which normally is not a huge deal, but it's just, it's literally like, oh, we have this cabin we can shoot in. So let's just shoot all this stuff in the cabin and then have these characters be really fucking annoying so we don't care when they get killed, which can also work. But also the ranger, like, isn't that exciting? Like, (laughs) I almost feel like this guy's trying to do... Maybe he's not trying to do it. He kind of looks like Patrick Warburton. So seeing him running around in a ranger outfit, it just, it just, it's, yeah, it's not very intimidating when I think Putty's running after me. So I don't know. He starts picking them off one by one. There's nothing super exciting. And then a secret comes out about her, like towards the end of the movie. It wasn't, didn't blow me away or anything. So, I don't know. Not great. Not a recommend for me. There are better things you could be watching on Shudder. Um, and then I think on a Doug recommendation, I watched The Clove Hitch Killer.
1: I recommended it to you. I can't confirm if that's why you watched it or not.
3: Well, I mean, I, I thought it was you. I mean, I thought, I couldn't remember if it was you or somebody else, but I thought it was you that recommended it. Um, so I gave it a watch. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, God damn it, Dylan McDermott! I almost said Dermott Mulrooney. Thanks a lot, SNL. Um, he did a really good job in this movie. He was not like I barely even recognized him as Dylan McDermott. Yeah, I agree. And like a man, me and Amanda were watching it, and he's—I don't know—he's—he's he's got the polo shirt tucked into the to the dad jeans with. You know, his running shoes and then he's got like his cell phone like clipped on his belt. And Amanda's like, Oh my god, they did a really good job of like dadding him up for this movie. And I'm like, Yeah, pretty much. Like <clears throat> he's just a looks like an average dorky dad, which is perfect for this role. Yep. And then uh yeah. I mean it's the whole movie's Based around his kid thinking he might be a serial killer and is trying to find out, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, definitely takes its uh, son sort of its lead from the real life BTK killer story, which I thought was really interesting. But yeah, yeah overall good movie. I'd recommend it as much as Doug did. Yeah,
1: I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it, the the performances really carried it. That's what mm-hmm. I that was my comment on it. There wasn't a lot of shocking turns of events to it. I mean, it was pretty predictable. No. But.
3: no, it's just the slow, slow turn, which, I mean, you watch the trailer, they kind of confirm that, yeah, Dylan McDermott is a serial killer. So it's not too far out of the realm to say that to watch his sort of spiral by the end of the movie. Because like I said, he's just like a sort of a goofy, like, like if you're a teenager, you'd almost be embarrassed for him to be around because he makes like the stupid dad jokes.
1: And oh yeah, 100%. Yeah.
3: He's the head of like the Boy Scout group that the kid's in. And so, I mean, he just makes all these like dorky comments. But then as things start like unraveling a little bit, you just see him suddenly start get getting his persona just gets darker and darker. Until we see him go full-fledged like crazy, and I thought he did an amazing job in that role. So, Clovis Killer, big recommend for me. Um, and then, well, I guess the yeah the only other thing I watched was uh, TV show Slasher. Oh yeah, another third season premiered on Netflix on Friday. And I uh, powered through that over the weekend. Because they are only like eight episode seasons. Um, I will say this is probably the goriest season. Which is good. I mean, there's lots of crazy kills. Lots of blood. Lots of entrails. Lots of body parts being sawed apart. Which was fucked up.
1: In a show called Slasher, that's a compliment, right?
3: Yeah, totally. Because the first season it's a canadian production the first season was actually aired on television i believe if i read correctly so it's pretty uh toned down i guess i guess it's more about like the stalking and suspense part of the slasher but the second season they ramped up the violence and gore a little bit and it seems like for this third season they're like yeah just fucking go for it so it's fucking crazy There's like gallons of blood in this movie. Um, So starts off with this guy coming home from a rave type event. They call it a solstice party, but everybody's all decked out in weird costumes and rave music and all that good stuff. And uh, he's on his way home. Someone follows him up to his apartment building and then just starts stabbing him like in the back. And so the guy runs in, like, banging on doors, trying to get people to let him in because the guy's still following him. And then, of course, nobody lets him in. He ends up getting stabbed to death. Ends up dying in the parking lot. Uh, And then you just see everybody looking out the window, kind of watching it happen. And then uh, the person who stabbed him is, like, dressed up, and they end up calling him, like, the Druid Killer. He's got a crazy mask on, and then... um, and a black coat all that stuff so then cut to a year later and we see the people who are still in the apartment building and now uh trying to you know kind of commiserating on it being a year since this guy who lived there died and then of course someone in the druid costume shows up and starts picking people in the apartment building off one by one and of course lots of secrets are unveil- unveiled and all this other stuff so i mean if you're into that kind of slasher stuff it's uh, recommend. I enjoyed it. This one kind of goes just balls to the wall crazy. So, I mean, there's shit going on all over the place, but there's some pretty awesome gore and deaths and stuff. So, I'd highly recommend.
1: That sounds interesting. Yeah. I watched like the first part of the first season and I didn't really get into it. But it sounds like now they're doing more slashery stuff. It's just.
3: Yeah, I enjoyed the second season, which was uh, kids or I don't know, adolescents who were counselors at a summer camp. Uh, and we get the story told through flashback, but they accidentally killed one of their co workers yeah. and hit her body like in a cave or something. And now it's like five years later and whoever owned the campground is selling it. And they're gonna build like a giant shopping mall on the land. So they come back to try to like recover the body and move it so they don't um, get caught and they all agree to come back and be part of this. and then they start getting picked off one by one. So that one's pretty good. And then yeah this one this one, the apartment building aspect, I thought was pretty good. You get a lot of characters and you kind of get everybody kind of gets their own little moment to shine, and then lots of people to pick off. But the only question, the only weird thing I had is like people keep dying in this apartment building because it really only takes place over like a day and a half. And like people keep dying in this apartment building, and nobody's like "fuck this" and like like leaves for the day, which is a little weird. But I mean, yeah, it's a TV show called Slasher, so you just kind of gloss over that. And you're perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, if they left, then what would they call the TV show?
3: Exactly. So yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's it, if you're into slasher stuff I'd recommend it specifically season 2 and 3 I didn't hate season 1 like a lot of people did but I do agree it's like way toned down compared to the other ones that uh, I think after the first season Netflix just picked it up so I think it's been a Netflix exclusive since then so, so yeah uh, good to watch
1: I might have to give that another chance just start with season 2
3: yeah yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I enjoyed season two. It's it's also got its problems, but at least sort of the setup is entertaining. Whereas the first, one, first season is just kind of bland and not all that interesting. So. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine
2: pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
3: Noah, what did you pick for us to watch next week? Much to uh, Doug's chagrin.
2: Uh, we are going to watch uh, Ice Cream Man and... Uh, what's, what's the other one called? We All Scream for Ice Cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, We All Scream for Ice Cream. <laughs> and that one is the Masters of Horror episode, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: Two movies about ice cream men Yep. who may be nefarious. the Ferris.
2: One with Clint Howard. So
3: That's the important one.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that goes because isn't it starring Clint Howard?
3: It is. He is the aforementioned ice cream man.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Of course, that's like, a good thing. I like Clint Howard as much as the next guy, but I don't think movies should be starring Clint Howard.
3: I believe I've seen, because I've never seen the the full movie, so this will be a first time watch for me. But uh, I do seem to remember him handing someone like a giant waffle cone that has a severed head in it. So you're
1: getting me on board.
3: (laughs) 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 Yeah, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a fun time.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be 100% honest. I picked these because uh, it was my birthday, and so I had ice cream cake, and I was all excited about ice cream cake. I was like, oh, yeah, Clint Howard is ice cream, man. That's what we're doing. This
1: little humble thing where now all the listeners can send in the emails to say happy birthday Noah.
2: Don't do that shit.
1: oh no if he doesn't want you to do it then definitely do it (laughs) pepper his facebook page with that stuff lots of apologies for being late that's what he really wants I think folks
2: it's already happened stupid facebook
3: (laughs) why do you have a Facebook? a
2: facebook it's not facebook's fault you're getting old I can't escape facebook I just I use it to keep in touch with too many people that it's my only option to keep in touch with them, so like if I got yeah. rid of Facebook, I would completely disconnect from all of those people. That is the only way you and I get to talk, so I can see why you wouldn't want to end
1: that
3: <laughs> honestly, at this point, if I didn't have to update like multiple uh social media pages for shows such as this. I would probably just get rid of my Facebook because it's kind of a garbage social media. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't do much with it except communicate with people and mm-hmm. chat in groups like this.
3: Yeah. See, so I get bored so then I end up scrolling through stuff because it's there. If I could just get rid of it, then it wouldn't be there and I wouldn't have to worry about it. But I do play lots of uh, Facebook games at work, so...
1: Well, it's important. Exactly. you did not Facebook, you might do your job. That's not good yeah. for
3: anybody. Nah. Nah. Uh, computer could do my job. So
1: remember folks, the official advice of this podcast is just do enough work to not get fired, but never do anything extra.
3: That's that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and if you do stuff extra good, they'll ask you to do it all the time. So just do it yeah. horribly.
1: No, yeah, never do anything at work. The job, is, the job is what you do so that they'll give you money so you can go home and do the stuff you actually want to do. So make sure you save your energy for when you get home. Exactly. I don't know how we ended up here. Started at Giant Bunnies. Ended up at <laughs> probably what most people would describe as bad life advice.
3: <laughs> I think it's good life advice, but maybe that's just me.
1: Uh, I enjoyed the Giant Bunny movies, so there's always room for taste, I guess.
0: Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.